Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the Show Me Potato Salad podcast. This show is brought to you by our good friends over at Clinkstone Brewery. I'm one of your hosts, JJ. With me today, we have Loopy Jr. and Keith. Later on in the show, we have British ice hockey legend Scott Plews and Ian Robertson joining us. As usual, we'll round off the show with our salad dressings of the week. Make sure to check us out on Instagram and Facebook to keep up to date with the podcast. Follow, like, share and subscribe and let us know you're listening. So, we'll get right into this one. As everyone probably knows by now, I, I'd like to think so anyway. If you don't, we're doing the North Coast 500 <laughs> for an aid of the clan, We're doing the North Coast 500, are we? We're doing the North right. Coast 500. Okay. Yeah, you need to turn up for Yeah, we wouldn't know that you're doing it. Sorry, you just... I don't know, I, think, think, I think I might <laughs> breeze it hearing about your boys right at the weekend. Uh, yeah, it wasn't overly fun. <laughs> well, well, Junior... Lead us off. <laughs> uh, I had an experience of cycling with clip pedals the first time this weekend, and uh, I was breezing through it, and then we got to Union Street. Right when you I, say when you say breezing through it, like we're, we're about two minutes into the fucking two ride. minutes in, <laughs> and I went, I fucking got it, and then it got to Union Street, and then we stopped behind a bus, and the light went green in front of it, and we couldn't get to the right hand side of it, so I thought I'll undertake the bus. <laughs> But Callum and Jordan didn't come with me, so I stopped to turn around and then I just slowly wobbled over and ate shit on Union Street with everybody walking by. Right on front of Sports Direct, it was and busy broke as my fuck. chain. Also, it, was, it wasn't even like up the top end of Union no, Street, it was, it was just as you got into Union Street, like first, Union set, Street. first set yeah. of traffic lights. Yeah. On Market <laughs> Quite literally about two minutes into the cycle. So it was, a, we planned a 87 kilometre cycle, so almost 60 miles, and I ate shit two, two miles, miles in. <laughs> and Jordan didn't stop laughing for a whole 10 minutes. So then we 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 coasted down to Decathlon, got a new chain on the bike, and then we set off again. And then Callum had an incident about nine miles into the ride. I decided to swerve one pothole, hit a crater, and got six <laughs> punctures in one tire. <laughs> in one well, one tube. Uh yeah. that was fun. If, was if, an, if yeah. anything, it's gave us some some like cycling experience. I hate cycling now. Well, you've now experienced your first fall as well, haven't you, John? Oh no, I had a fall before. Remember? Uh, you you flew off the ah, bike. This, this one, time this one was pretty catastrophic, wasn't it? No, it was funny. No, no, <laughs> no this one wasn't catastrophic at all. It was just as bad as my other one. It's just that whole forgetting you're clipped in. Yeah, you, you you unclipped pretty quick and in fairness, off the bike. In fairness. <laughs> <laughs> when you went over the bars, Callum was Callum was behind us. And I've stopped, I've somewhat slowed like right down. Mm. And for some reason, when I look behind me, I turn my handlebars without realizing I'm doing it. I turn my handlebars. So then when I've turned back around, I've seen Callum, I'm like, oh, there he is, good to go. And as I've turned back around, all of a sudden I'm facing the verge and I've just kind of just. And I was going straight and all I heard was, I came around the corner and there was just two water bottles fucking <laughs> on the road. Jordan to one side and the bike in the I kind of jumped out. I kind of jumped out. So it, it saved me. And I was just into grass. So it wasn't that wasn't bad. That wasn't the worst part of the cycle, though, is we looked at the forecast and we knew it was shit weather. But we oh, wait, I don't. to go out. Hold on. Okay. My wobble. Oh, your wobble was bad. It was before we got really bad. Yeah, that was probably, probably going like 40 mile an hour down a hill. No, and you we're, got weren't, we're weren't that I fast. I don't know. Because my, my speed was 42 at the weekend. Oh, was it? Oh, did yeah. you have a tank slapper, did you? No, no, it was, <laughs> no I was behind him and it was scary. Must have been going about 30, 35, I reckon. And I've just, the sidewind has just caught me 
Bonnie. Aye. And it seemed mm. like it was just like bad. Just the only little bit where there was wind coming at that specific time and it's hit me. And honestly, I wobbled like you wouldn't believe. And then George stuck to the speed limit from there on out. Yeah, from then on, I'm just like, you boys go downhill. I'll just, I'll just coast this one. So we got, and, we got caught yeah. in the rain and oh. the terrible wind. So I got a very desperate phone call from you, Lupe, didn't I? Yeah. I just got, are you, are you at work? Uh, it's <laughs> raining. It's raining, and we're all really cold. Can you come and get? I generally thought I was dying. What, what was it? No, <laughs> you you should have seen two it. thermal blankets later. We're we we're, we're hiding in a shop. Yeah, <laughs> we, we went into this little shop, <laughs> little shop in the neck, right? And we're we're getting warm. And don't get me wrong, I was freezing like you wouldn't. Like we were, we could quite literally clench our fists. And water was coming out. Hands, so you could have made a cup of tea with You could have made a cup of tea with the amount of water that was coming out of your gloves. Yeah, it was frightening. But then we're stood in the shop, and I'm shivering like you wouldn't. But well, all of us are shivering. But literally, Junior's standing there like shivering constantly, couldn't, couldn't stop. And then Cal- Callum decides, right, I'll phone. I'll give Kim a phone to pick us up. <laughs> and- <laughs> Ewan's going, I don't give a fuck what she's doing. I don't care. Come and get us right now. <laughs> so I wear the shower and I was like, she can't take fucking long. I need to go home. Cam's like, well, hurry up. Get your shower in. <laughs> Jordan decided to be an idiot and continue on. And then I braved I braved the 13 miles. We phoned him and then fuck. he was like, that was stupid. I should think you don't think you're hard as fuck. You're stupid as fuck. I, felt, like, I didn't stop shivering all the way home in the car. It was brutal stupid but, decision but it's another it's another, another ride. on the bed post isn't it yeah another yeah, ride can in say the bag. we've cycled in torrential rain and shit yeah. wind it's I went probably on my first as worst as we're getting one of my first wee tester cycle again after the gooch incident four weeks after, after gooch gate <laughs> gooch gate <laughs> <laughs> has it held up it has held up we're good <laughs> Did you test it? <laughs> I think no. <laughs> so, so we're all so all four of us are back to proper cycles. Hopefully next weekend. Except none we'll, of us have any bikes at the moment. We'll, we'll also say next weekend and the end after. Jordan's got a bike. Jordan I'll, can good, can I'll do my thing. Give us a backy. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that, nice we nice we update of how we're actually. <laughs> it's a great great setup for fucking hundred miles a day for five days. Jesus Christ. <laughs> But yeah, if like we've said before, if anyone's willing to donate, have a look in our we've got the link in our bio. So have a wee look and help help us out for you can for win a plan. meal for four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Monster Remember that name first and last, so we can enter yeah. you into a meal for four from Meat Monsters. Yeah, yeah. definitely, nice definitely. <laughs> right, moving on to the guest for the episode. This segment is sponsored by Ice Sports Caledonia, the exclusive importers of Fisher Ice Hockey Equipment for the north of Scotland. Check them out on Facebook at Ice Sports Caledonia. Enjoy the guests. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Diving into Salabo with us today, we have two absolute legends of the British ice hockey scene. Welcome to the show, Scott Plews and Ian Robertson. How are we doing, guys? Not too bad. Not too bad. How yourself? Yeah, all good. All good here. Living the dream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, when we get when we get folk on the podcast, we kind of like to just take it right back to the start and get a little feel for the guests that are coming on. So, can you tell us both um, how you've got? introduced to ice hockey and when it all kind of started for you 
like say Theo, Theo Fleury, he was a young boy there. Uh, Sergey Makarov, he was part of the KLM line from the best Russian line ever. Mm-hmm. Al McInnes, Gary Suter, uh, Mike Vernon was a goalie, alcoholic, but he's a goalie. But he did well in Calgary. But I know it was, it was brilliant. And it was like night and day, quality wise. It was uh, back then. It was like the one other than Theo Fleury, everyone was six foot plus, yeah. and they were like massive. It was a case of like. There was better, there were better players at the camp, but they're all my height, and their skill wise were like amazing. But they just couldn't make the, the grade because back then it was like it was like heavy, it was like big beefy lads, and mm-hmm. it was like a lot more physical than what it is nowadays. Anyway, yeah. But trying to get it, we were just there. Hadi, we were the only ones there. I think uh, Tony Tony Han was the first one that went. Then Martin McKay and Anthony Johnson. Then it was me. And I think uh, we are the only ones that ever went to the camp. They always say this is with their, with their flight booked home, no matter what. <laughs> 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 that was how slim a chance you had was actually making the team. It was like, you knew we were flying home anyway, but that was brilliant. It was brilliant. I could I remember so many things about it. It was, like, it was an unreal experience. Awesome. How do, you, how do you think you got on? Well, I, I think I actually done it right. Because I could always skate, eh? so it wasn't a problem with like, keeping yeah. up with them. But. And once I got up to the pace of the camp and that, it was always like house league games. And once you, you got in a couple of games and we played friendlies, I only ever played for Salt Lake, which was the AHL team. Mm-hmm. And I did get three or four points in four or five games. So that's not all about points. It's, <laughs> some of our boys got seven or eight points. It was like, <laughs> I was just happy getting a goal. <laughs> so a goal was, was really, and that was brilliant. It's like, this is... They always say you like you done well and that. Now there was a chance for a ten game trial in Salt Lake. We knew the answer was always go be like if you didn't fly home, and you took the ten games, you'd be playing your own flight. So <laughs> it was a clean thing. Just a suggestion. They were saying uh, if you want to come down for ten games, but bash on. But uh, I knew I basically knew I wasn't up to the level, so it was quite simple. Just to, mm-hmm. but it was that says it was a great experience. Uh, there's no man who can say they got that, that's no. for sure. Definitely no. not. So I think I think I got the chance to play against you, Plusy, just the just the once. I think I was uh, I got a nice two hundred of the thighs on my way to the net. <laughs> and, uh, which, obviously a... mean, which obviously means you were in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh Robo, I got a, a very short spell with your cell at Dundee for I don't know, a few a few games as well. So I kind of when I was growing up, you kind of guys were the the guys I was looking up to when I was I was coming up in the the British scene. So was there anyone you guys looked up to that kind of helped shape your careers? But Robo Robo, you already Robo, you already mentioned getting coached by uh, Gogzi Lao, but Gordon Lao was was probably the person I looked up to the most when I went to watch. And then I, then I started playing the same team as him, uh, and he was he was uh, he was super helpful with the young with the young guys in the team. So he was he was like the guy I looked up to, hockey wise. And then I, when I played the Flyers at a young age, Paul Hand signed for them, and Paul took me under his wing, mainly drinking mainly drinking <laughs> on the bus and playing cards. But, uh, he took me under his wing in a way that. I looked up to him on the ice and off. Uh, looked after me, but I, I liked the way he played the game. Uh, 
and, and the fighting and stuff. But so Paul Hand and 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 then there was big Neely Neil Abel, and so three defensemen. I never ever never ever racked up much points in my days, <laughs> uh, except for the under sixteen, I think. But uh, I so three defensemen. They were they were my uh, the people that I literally looked up to. Um, and then Doug, Doug Smale and Rocky Saganuk were the Rocky Saganuk shaped my career at Edinburgh Murrayfield Racers when I was sixteen. He was the person I looked up to everyone uh, to shaping shaping my career. But looking up to it was uh, like I say that was um, nearly nearly Paul Hand and Gordon Lowell. Awesome. What about yourself, Robo? It was a bit different era. When I when I when I first started. I, Cogsley was coaching, but it must have only been about 16 if I was nine or 10, because <laughs> there's not that much in age difference, really. But just <laughs> an adult, yeah, but, uh, the ones that I can always remember is the, the Lovell brothers. I don't know if you remember the names, never mind when they're playing for the Flyers. They're always the ones that stuck out. But it was, it was all British players back then, there was no imports. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There wasn't anyone, any Canadians when I was a kid to watch, basically, until they went to the three import Heineken League. And that's when I eventually started playing with them as well, but there's so many good players of us with it. Like Uzi says, uh, your Doug Smales, and there's a, guy, a couple of guys in the air called Danny Shane, Tommy Server, unbelievable. Uh, the list can go on. Steve Moria, Fred Perlini. You all let, you just, if you get to play with them, you learn off them. You don't yeah. get any better to play with decent players, and that's what the problem is nowadays. They just don't get a chance. So mm, yeah. we, were, we were lucky back then. We got to play a lot, and, Improved through it, so we'll get on to that wee discussion. <laughs> <laughs> See, we've, we've had a quick glance over like at least elite prospects and stuff like that, and you guys have played for a good few teams together. Was that kind of on purpose, or was it just by chance for you both being from, from Fife? Uh, I was it was just a chance we went to Paisley at the same time, eh? It was more a case of Murrayfield, Murrayfield as well, but. Dundee. You were already away and it was eventually I got the usual crappy treatment from the Fife management so there was time for me to go as well and uh, but Paisley was uh, one of their best times I would say, that's for no. sure. <laughs> Paisley was definitely, Paisley, Paisley was an amazing place but the uh, Playing together, there was an all, there was always a five kind of contingent moved about. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's mm-hmm. I don't think there's anyone other than maybe the last kind of small era of the, the um, what do you call it, Gunny and Wands and that. In our days, only one person ever ever stayed at Fife his career, and that was Stephen King. Every single person left Fife because it's it's not it's not the nicest place to play. Uh, it's not the nicest place. You don't get treated. Like as a professional or as a person, so a lot of guys all through my era, they all left. They've all they've all left Fife, all for their own reasons. But mm-hmm. we kind of played in the same teams a lot because uh, that a lot of that contingent with Dean Edmiston and all that. A lot of uh, a lot of guys all kind of left Fife around about that around about that same era, and the, the teams were your. Uh, Dundee, obviously Dundee, Edinburgh, and uh, Fife, Paisley. Uh, you know what I mean? It was that kind of nucleus. Yeah. Round about the centre. It's a bit of a shame. It's a bit of a shame when you think of all the good talent that's came out of 
Fife that if you kept a lot of it together, you'd yeah. be frightening. If the management, if the management was in was was correct, and the coaching staff was better, Fife would Fife would uh, they would understand what they were sitting on. They just never yeah. bothered. They just didn't care. They they they, they wanted to win. Mm. They didn't care for the local talent, and it's still it was still the same to the uh, right right through right to these days. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, we've even seen it to be fair with the likes of uh, Craig Chalmers and stuff like that coming up to us, and even before he came to us, moving to Dundee and stuff like that. And no, it's it will continue. It will always continue to be the same until those changes within the within the management structure and then the coaching structure. Um, it's like you say, it's a shame. It's a shame. So, of of those teams, though, what what one was the most fun? And I don't just mean on the ice. <laughs> <laughs> Paisley, Paisley, Paisley was a different world. <laughs> on and off the on and off the ice. It was, uh, it was, uh, that, that team that we, we won the Scottish Cup that year in five, and we, we, uh, that was when uh, we had to, we were still on the ice, and the fact they shut the building down, lights were switched off, and we were still swan diving on the ice. <laughs> Uh, drinking beer and stuff. <laughs> there was a, it was a close, close team that worked hard, played hard, and drunk, drunk like phenomenally. Like you know what I mean? Like like practices got cancelled for for drinking sessions. Three day vendors. And a lot of that, a lot of that came down to our, our uh, player coach Dougie Marsden. Everybody played for him and with him. Uh, and he was he was a he was a force to be reckoned with, but a lot of people know he had a lot of, he had a lot of habits. And uh, hockey hockey sort of hockey was just a, a game thrown in there. Um, <laughs> and, and we were we were close, we were really close. But like Robo said, Paisley Paisley was just and you got treated like a god through there as well. The management respected you the way you played. Coach was who he was. Fans loved you. I mean, you got paid decent wages that, that you, uh, I mean, you couldn't live off. Well, you could, but not nicely. But, you know what I mean? It was it was what you wanted in hockey in the days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, proper bus trips were phenomenal. Fraser <laughs> will be listening to this and hearing that fucking trading got cancelled for drinking and he'll be giving you notes for next season, Jordan. always <laughs> <laughs> there. Uh, uh, it was always um, if I drove through, it was always who was the youngest has to drive home. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no chance the rest of us driving home. Uh, that's a good rule to live There's by. A few people left in the bus as well. Can you wait? People left. Aye. Uh, well, the five guys, if you were sleeping, you go left. One guy woke up in Paisley in a taxi home for his work. It was 100, 100 quid to get a taxi home for his work. <laughs> <laughs> so it goes it goes without saying Plusy, but we, we know you loved a good a good tilt. Well, uh did you did you ever get like anxiety going into some of these games or or did you just thrive on it? No, I just thrived. I, I got excited <laughs> for games. I got I got really excited for games that I knew there was going to be scraps involved. Uh but my a lot of the teams I played on, I, I was actually part of the team to to try and win games. I like to think that anyway. <laughs> uh, but, don't get me wrong. 
I can't remember a lot of games or a lot of fights, but there must have been gate hundreds of games where it was close, and I just I just got kicked out for no fucking reason. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> I, I, I look back at my coach and I'm like, why would you get a stupid penalty at this time of the game? And I'm like, back in the day, I just I, I don't know. I must have been a nightmare, but I never got any, never got any nerves at all, um, ever, ever, no matter who I play against. Um, I, I just kind of got more pumped up. The more tougher the guys I was playing against, the more pumped up I got. And the more uppers I had to take. <laughs> was, there, was there anybody that you came up against that like, got the better of you over the years um, of scrapping? I'd love to say no, but uh, <laughs> I did get a proper, proper second prize when I was uh, 16, I think. Tyler Larson. Ty's name, I Robo King. Oh, mate. <laughs> Oh my mates know, know his name and I even named my son after him. <laughs> uh, his name is Tyler Lara and um, I think it was Quitley Bay we were playing or Durham. It was a North East team. And I think it's Quitley Bay, aye. Quitley Bay, aye. Uh, it turns out he was a, he was a tough a tough Canadian that grew up with Bob Probert and everything. And I, <laughs> I dropped the gloves with him and uh, 16-year-old skinhead and just, I actually changed hands because I thought I was beating him. And he knocked me absolutely clean out, like sparkled clean out. I went over, I buckled my knee and I buckled my hip because my leg went under me. I got buckled, oh, Jesus. like proper sparkled out. Uh, uh, and then I found out he was a fucking tough guy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take your mask off, you little prick. I says, come on, then. I put my mask off. Then I go, aye. I've got my absolute potatoes. <laughs> uh, a lot of my good mates, a lot of my good mates, uh, I could tell you his name on a heartbeat uh, and say that's the reason I named my, named my son. But, uh, <laughs> uh, I never swapped hands in my entire career. Never never hit anybody with a left in my, uh, all, my, all my career. Never swapped hands after that, ever. <laughs> I couldn't care if I broke my right hand. I would never have threw it on the left. Just keep going with it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right <of> your life. <laughs> you just mentioned your son there, Scott. That kind of jumps us on nicely at the next one. You both have got sons now that are both playing at pro level. Uh, is, did you see anything that differs from them playing now to you guys back in the day? Opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get it anymore. Basically, that's about it. It's the new levels, the imports are just ludicrous, and uh, it's just such a big step up for junior. And if, yeah. Then the SNL, then a massive step to elite league. You've got fourteen imports. Unless you go doing like down south, like what Tyler's done, uh, which is probably I've, I've seen it after college and it last year. It was a great league, brilliant to watch as well. Yeah. But it's trying to teach the uneducated that 14 imports is the answer when it's not. It's just it's doing yeah. nothing pretty sloppy at all. So it's just unfortunate. They're probably all better players than what we were, but they're just not getting to progress. It's just a stumbling block from the end of the juniors to there's nothing there's nothing really available for them, eh? Yeah. Unless you're prepared to move and not work and make very yeah. little money. It's it's tough. Certainly as tough as I've seen it anyway. Yeah, that's pretty I, sad I, I, when there's when there's no opportunity. That's that's a massive word for for anybody in any sport when they start it. If there's no opportunity for you, it, it, it disheartens a lot of people when they get to a certain age. And that age would probably be 
you know what I mean, the, 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 the girls and drinking sort of age, that, I mean, if there's no opportunity for you, it's, uh, it's a tough thing to try and hold on to any yeah. kid. Yeah. It kind of kind of takes me straight on to what we were just about to say, because the Elite League, I think, I think it's the highest, if not one of the highest import rates across all pro leagues. So mm-hmm. is there... What do, you, what do you think needs to be kind of done to try and lower that and get more British pros to the top level? I think the answer is, uh, well, the problem is it's the arena teams. Mm-hmm. The arena teams don't have any junior development, so their answer is, oh, we don't have any Brits good enough, so we get more imports, so we just keep increasing it every year. Yeah. But then how does anyone get good enough if they don't get an opportunity to play? You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if Tyler played quite a lot in Edinburgh. When Cali went to Fife, he came back to Fife after Edinburgh closed down with the Capitals and I think he got three shifts all season. Yeah. <laughs> he, never, he never stepped nice after November. It was like, it's not like he'd done anything wrong. He just never got on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's like, and like for no money, you go away, got no pay. You go away every Sunday night in a bus, have to pay your own food. He's only 17 years old, he's got no money, unless I've given the money. Aye. Back at that. Harden for them, eh? It's like, but it's like, it's like what Rob was saying. If, the, if there's 14 imports, there's less opportunity. But the kids that are hanging around hoping for a shot, if you, t- if, you were to, if you look at them on turning up to go to training and then going away for the weekend, you'd be lucky if, there, you'd be lucky if, if it was all above board. Their wages would probably probably be in the region of two or three pounds an hour or something like that. Ma- yeah, max, yeah. Maximum. That's maximum. You know what I mean? For, and... Unless you're a top end Brit, you but you're going to stay top end all your career. You I mean you might dwindle away when you get to your thirty, late thirties or something. You're just going to stay a top end Brit, and no, you're never ever going to. There's very very rarely anybody's going to be getting money that's going to make them want to play hockey, keep playing yeah. hockey. So to bring the import level down to to half, say six or seven, then your opportunities and. The opportunity doubles, isn't it? But you've got to, you've you've got to try and get the people that run the business to just leave or let them run away with their own business. And if it thrives, it thrives. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But that league that Rob was on about that our sons played in last year, uh, Tyler's played in this year in the streaming thing. That if that's if that's the best in the in the country, then. It become better. It will become better because the imports will double in that league, mm-hmm. uh, and you just let all the other big teams. They, they need to go away. They literally need to go away. Even if you sent Nottingham Panthers away, their second team would be in that league, and, and they would have an amazing team mm-hmm. with quality imports. Mm-hmm. So it's getting well, the big. It's getting the big money makers away, away at the sport. That's the thing. The you... smaller teams to, to decide that they want to become one big league. Yeah. Like you're saying, Robbo, like you're going, going down and seeing the product that's down there, you can see that it's good. Like, mm-hmm. And it's, it's the same thing. Like, there's fans there. There's plenty of fans there watching. So it's not like it's not like just because there's imports, that's why the fans are there. As long as you like make it an entertainment, make it fun to come and watch, they're, they're going to show up. Yeah. All right. It's, I mean, it's, there's so many British players in that league. 
that could easily step up to elite league if given an opportunity. It's, and I think a lot of the fans have forgotten the fact that all they think about is, oh, what be in the top league? Maybe 14 imports, half of them are like less, I'd say average at best. They don't yeah. contribute very much to the game. They just all cancel each other out, really. Mm-hmm. If, if everyone sat down around the table and just said, let's go down to eight imports, the fans wouldn't care as long as the top league, they'd still come. Yeah. And like likes of Fife and Dundee, they want to see their local players get on ice. Yeah. Because anytime they do get on in the league, which was very occasionally, the crowd lifts all the time because they want to see the local boys doing well and they get on, they progress, they get better. They maybe get to GB level, but at the moment, all the young ones just now, apart maybe one or two at the very most, the GB teams, they're going to come back down, unfortunately, because Again, they forget as well, your Robert Dowds and your Robert Farmers and Lakowitches, they all came in the Elite League when it was nine imports. Nine imports. So yeah. they've got the chance right off the bat when they were 17, 18 years old with ice time, but they picked an import up, but they were still getting better and better. So I mean, they have got a lot better because they've been playing with a lot better players. Mm-hmm. But even if it was back, if your Dowds and that were playing now, the 14 imports, they're just like any other Brit. Like your Kieran Brown's just not getting an opportunity. It's just it's just a bit sad, eh? It's it's a tough one, but if you speak to any British ex British player or like local fans that appreciate the British players, they all want the same thing, but the problem is it's uh, keep going back to arena teams, but it's it's a business, it's about the money. Yeah. If they don't control it, they don't have a, a separate governed body mm-hmm. for penulating a same like Groundhog Day every year. It's like it's going on and on. It's not going to change. So I don't know what the answer is. Other than, I don't know. Maybe this pandemic is going to be going to help in a way for hockey. It's it's going to reduce imports coming across. They'll start thinking go down. Then get more Brits playing. Aye. But I think I think they've had, really had their opportunity. I know what the answer is. That's just <laughs> I think they've had their opportunity with the pandemic with the streaming series where. Where the, the NIHL streaming series, it was good quality hockey to watch. And then in the background, the Elite League were just constantly, constantly wanting to set up their own streaming series. Mm-hmm. And the government weren't allowing it. But they had all the, all the NIHL had to do was they should have made that into a 10 league team, a 10 team league with, with all the top end Brits and maybe six or seven imports each. Mm-hmm. And let let your Nottingham second team come in. Let uh, let all your Cardiffs let them all in with with six imports and yeah. play. In a, in a, that, they had that chance, but that's the that was the elite league. The elite league have went on their own, and they were that's all they were constantly trying to do. Well, they only went on their own because they got this big stash of cash as well. Aye, <laughs> and that's, that's yeah. never. I think it's helped anybody. It's never helped anybody. Uh, the streaming series in the elite league. Yeah. With with that being said, obviously with the, with the elite league, what do you guys think of the the current state of Scottish ice hockey? It's a bit of shambles, to be honest. But I don't think Edinburgh's going to open again, so that's a big for the juniors in Edinburgh. Then Brayheads, well, it's elite. They were struggling. I was actually just reading about that before we came on. 
with Brayhead. The, the clan are actually looking to um, take over the, the arena as a whole, um, as well as the shopping centre, because they've been in it so long, they're trying to take over the, the whole place. So they're in the middle of sorting mm-hmm. that out or something with the government. So I believe, I believe they have taken more of a, a role with the Pays the Pirates as well. Because mm-hmm. okay. they, they used to constantly use Solway as a, as a sort of feeding thing. Feeding team, yeah. Take guys on two ways and stuff. But if they were to do that with Pays the Pirates, playing at the same rank, then give them three, four years down the line. And then they'll have, they'll have if they've got a pathway set for kids to come through, I'll see more they'll, they'll, they'll reap the benefits 100%. Yeah. yeah. Any team would. Mm-hmm. I've all, I must admit, I've always found it strange. You see it in like your professional football, all have youth systems. Why these elite teams never have has just kind of baffled me. You would always think you'd want a steady stream of players to come through rather than... You would almost think as well from a business point of view, you would rather that yeah. you're... We're getting a your British guys rather than having to pay, pay oh, a guy yeah. coming over from Canada. Their mentality, I mean, it's Sheffield. It's only just because of the, what's happened in the last year. They're only about cutting ties with their, was it the Sheffield Steel Dogs? Steel Dogs, yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally separate clubs. They weren't interested in each other. And like, that's a perfect opportunity to have like, the Simmers was an NIHL too. The Steel mm-hmm. Dogs mm-hmm. was an NIHL. Then the Steelers. That's a perfect pathway, but they never used it until now. Yeah. When they yeah. their hands been forced because they can't even get all the inputs. And it's just like, yeah. well, now you're interested because you can't even get all the inputs over. It's like, <laughs> it's been on your doorstep forever. I mean, Fife's yeah. different. Fife's got a good production line, but like Pluzzi says, it's the coach and the management has to be sorted up. I don't care who runs the. KIFC, I know they've changed it and they've got big ideas, but they're going to hit the same roadblock as what we've done when we coached. It's just, <laughs> there's just no pathway unless they understand upstairs that you've been in doing it for however long, you've not produced one single five player into five flyers in 20 odd years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. where's the problem? No <laughs> rocket science. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Scottish hockey's got a lot of. It was it was going somewhere. I, I, I'm not sure if it's even like, even true, but they were they were running in a way that things were they were doing well down at their conferences and stuff with the different age levels. But they'll never ever. I, I think for them to be in a North NIHL alongside your Whitley Bays and your Blackburns and uh, and and obviously even even like Aberdeen and Solway. Proper, a proper setup league at a level with three or four or five imports should should it be it should be Scotland's target to play to have teams in that league. But it takes your Dundee's, Fife's, Edinburgh's, places. Uh, it takes them to make the jump to say no, we're not going in the elite league. You know what I mean? That we're going to play at this at this level, and this level is going to be better mm-hmm. for British hockey. Mm-hmm. Like Robo says, it's no rocket science, but. It's getting everybody singing off the same song sheet. It's not easy. Yeah. Jumping up a bit. Your answer is it's fucked. It's fucked. (laughs) (laughs) We think the same. Uh, There's too much politics in it as well, we find as well. Like everything just politics. But jumping on a bit of a a light hearter thing to go on to, um, 
if you found if like getting kids today picking up a stick for the first time, what's something that you would give them advice on or like tell them just to get them to stick in the hockey? They've got, they've got my views would be they've got to to enjoy it. It's a number number one priority, and it still is my priority that I feed into, into my my son constantly. If you didn't enjoy it, then you do it. Um, and that'll carry that'll carry you through because when you turn up, there's guys in teams that you've probably got up there as well. There's guys in teams that they're always really, really good hockey players, but they do not give one hoot about what's going on around about them. And they might not be the best to coach, but if they're hooping and hollering and and they're playing with enjoying enjoying their hockey at a young age is absolutely priceless. If you've got a 20, you've got a team of 20, eight, nine, 10 year old kids that absolutely love going to the ice rink, one, one, one of them will turn out amazing. Ten of them, uh, ten of them will be good hockey players. Even, even the, the the 20 will enjoy, 20 will be made for life. Uh, even, even like, as you say, off the ice for the kids, if they're enjoying it, you amazing how the really quiet ones that come and start playing, they'd all come out their shell because, like, they're in a group of 20 boys all the time for since they're nine year old till 16. It's, it's a bonding thing as well. It just brings the like confidence. I know so many kids are like, you wouldn't say a word to you for the first two or three years. And now, was it 14, 15? They're giving you the biggest lot of lip you've ever imagined. First eight, nine, years, now you're giving the lip. <laughs> but it is, it's just all about the banter so it's, it's much the same it's like probably like football and rugby any sport just any team sport it's getting in and enjoying it and I always remember when uh, my oldest son Arn who's playing at Dundee uh, I, I started taking him to the rink thinking he'd like it enjoy it and that so I was a bit because he was only five six year old trying to get him to skate and he went on and played hockey for about half a season and he's going I just keep going. I go on, on you go on, you go on. He says, You just want me to play because you play. <laughs> but that was, that was the end of him. It was like, I said, Well, that was we got a point. So that he never played for a year until his younger brother, Carly, came and he wanted to play. So then he obviously got the bug for his brother. And there was a case of like, Then he wanted to play. So it's like you said, you can't enforce your kids. I know a lot of folk do force some, but mm-hmm. yeah. I learned from the first experience like, <laughs> Didn't he want to play? Didn't he want to play? Yeah, yeah. Not to do with that, but it's just he didn't want to play at that time. But two years later, he did. So, just shows you awesome. want to play. Yeah. So when uh when hockey kicks kind of kicks back up again, hopefully in the next kind of month or so, are you guys have you got any plans to get back into things, or are you just enjoying watching your boys play? I've got um, one. Well, as he's probably aware, that his good friend Daryl Venner took over the KIC uh, sort of chair head post, and uh, a lot of guys have thought that they would he would get the old the guys that used to coach there a few years ago back in the fold. Um, and then he goes and signs a Dundon and Richard Phillips. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, we coached when our kids played, and a lot of a lot of people say that you did you only coach because your kids. He says, "Well, I, I didn't want somebody else coaching my kids unless they played the game to a decent level or yeah. that type of attitude." And 
um, my kids have all grown up and the way that I'm, uh, I've kind of enjoyed my time uh, as coaching. Um, but I've got no intention to... I, I might struggle to go back on nights ever again as well. <laughs> for a bit of recce or something, but uh, no, I've no got any plans in the future. Definitely not. Yeah, same. Same. <laughs> you never know, but no, there's just no... Been through the mill and... Like I said, we've done 10 plus years and it's just a bit disheartening when you get you get bring ones all GB level, like four or five, six of them all together and they still didn't get any crack out of whip. And I'm like, you can't even feel like, well, what's the point? It's not the kids' fault, but then you sort of get disheartened. If you're disheartened while you're coaching, you shouldn't be coaching. So it just takes time to step away and I've never felt the feeling to go back, to be honest. Uh, I'll be, I'll be less, things change, less things change and they bring... All these amazing rules out with less imports. I'd quite happily step on with under tens and learn to play and we can out to skate. That's the main yeah. thing. Because getting Aye. a skate before they start picking a stick up. But again, yeah. the politics, the politics within club level, the Scottish level, the GB level is is too much a headache to, to put your life and soul every week, every two or three, four nights a week weekends into coaching kids and you understand the whole entire scenario ahead of their, their, their ahead of the kids as as just you just then I add I don't know I just didn't want to do it. I was just like I'm not I'm not interested in, in giving I want to give kids my time and the experience I really, really, really do and I, and I miss it. But I'm not prepared to give a, an establishment all my time, effort and experience. For absolutely, I don't want any in return. The kids, the kids, what they learn is what you get in return. But I didn't give certain. I will, I will not give certain people in this country my time and experience. And that was yeah, as yeah. soon as soon as people started getting in charge of different things. That was me. I just stepped. I just stepped out. Done. Dusted. Yeah, yeah. So unless that, like Robo says, unless that changes, yeah. Don't see me. Don't see yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> So, so before before we finish off, I uh, I done a little digging and I asked uh, Barry Carnegie some a story for you. This is for you, Robo. So yeah, he asked asked me to ask you about your fight against Dundalk at Dundee. Dundalk. Your fight against Dundalk at Dundee. Is that is that the Latvian team? No, I think so. Uh, I, I can't remember. <laughs> Barry, so I know he's getting mixed up. He said, he said, when he shrugged his shoulders and laughed. I think that was Paisley. That was that was uh, Stuart Miller. No, that was that was the uh, that was a different story, Robo. I could tell you Robo's story. I was playing for Paisley at the time. Robo was at Dundee, and. Uh, Shooter Miller was going about, he was throwing his cell about and he came up against Robo and he, and he shook his gloves at him, shook his, shook his gloves at Robo and Robo was like, no, you're all right. He goes, come on then. And Robo absolutely leathered him up and down. We <laughs> <laughs> were sitting in the dressing room and uh, he was in a bad way and I was like, Stu, what the fuck are you playing at? I said, Robo's one of the toughest guys in the entire fucking country. And he went, well, I never fucking knew that, did I? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Anyway, on that on that happy note, we'll we'll round us off. It's been a it's been a pleasure having you guys on. It's been a joy chatting hockey. So it's been Cheers good. Very much, it's been guys. Fun, good. Ah, it was nice yeah. to nice yeah, to be invited on, lads. And I've seen a few of the, the guys that you've had on in the past and the, the podcast look pretty uh they're they're way, way better than just constant ice hockey that we that we're kind of used to used to sort of sort of shoved in your throat with with certain uh, social media platforms kind of thing. Aye. But mm-hmm. no, it's a good job, lads, and I wish you all the best for the Cheers, Ian. Appreciate that a lot. Cheers. Thanks for coming on, guys. If Tyler, if Tyler, if Tyler, Callie and Aaron want to head up to Aberdeen, they're more than welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I heard you've got big checkbooks. We'll get the expense book it. If Jordan's part <laughs> of the Lynx Mafia, he'll pay for it, don't worry. <laughs> anyway, it's been a pleasure, guys. Cheers. Catch you. Cheers. 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 All the best. Take care. Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. Big thanks to Plusy and Robbo for joining us. They were honest. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I, I I love their honesty. The, the guys have been around the game for a long time, longer than we've been born. So you've got to kind of take their steer on a lot of things. And I like their honesty. They've, they've obviously as well. We know their sons were played against their sons. I was fortunate enough to kind of play against think Plusy for one game and I was with Robbo for a few because I'm old as fuck now but no we've played against their sons great players good players play the game the right way and they're just not getting the opportunity are they like no. and it's that's a, the problem whole hockey wide though isn't it in the UK yeah. yeah it's just it's just not it's not been built up in a fashion that allows anything to develop no well, I've said it I said it in the interview like I think if my facts are correct, they're either the most or up there in import percentage. And I said yeah, it in the UK, interview. And that, you, you're just not going to develop the way you should it's if a, that's the case. But It's a difficult one though, isn't it? Because it's like a fine balancing point where if you don't have the imports, you don't have the level of play. But you also, I, if you have the imports, you don't necessarily get the British guys coming through that can develop to that level of play. So we're almost at that little sort of grey patch. I think if, I, if I'm on it, like to say the level of play, well, not the level like, of play, as I say, I'm not no, saying no, no, the level of play is bad. But what my way to say is the likes of us at Aberdeen Lynx, we get over a thousand people mm-hmm. in the building. So to say it's based on level of play, it's, like to say it's only yeah, based that's on not level what's, play, that's not what bringing the fans. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the entertainment yeah. factor that brings and the fans you, in. You take, mm-hmm. you, you bring that into play, but then also you've got to start from youth you've got to start from the start from the ground up at grassroots is where you start and if it if it's not there then it doesn't happen you you think about your footballs okay football and hockey in this country are miles miles apart right Mm -hmm. but there's no reason why you can't take that same framework and put it into hockey 
and yeah. put it into hockey and build it yeah, in the 100%. same sense. Don't get me wrong, it's not going to be the same. But no. if you start, you've got to have a starting point like that where mm-hmm. these elite teams should all have youth systems and there should be an end goal to play in that top elite. Yeah. Where it, if I'm honest, it seems like there's a handful and that's... Yeah, and I think you have, to be, you have to be very, very special from the outset and continue yeah. to be very, very special through your whole time playing in order to just barely make it to the elite league sometimes. Like, don't don't get me wrong. The likes of uh, Lynchy and Barry, have kind, they've been doing good work over the course of this mm-hmm. kind of lockdown and trying to get coaches involved and they've been doing seminars, webinars, the full shebang. They've had, like, kids stuff as well. They've been they've been putting a power to work in, yeah. but there's still a long way to go. Yeah, long way. To it's go. such a it's still such a I don't know the word, but like weird sport for young kids to start in Britain. It's, 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 not, it's yeah. not cheap. No, it's not no. cheap. So no sport is to, nowadays, but it's still a bit more expensive than your average sport of just going. Well, I mean, but that's yeah. where that's where at grassroots you have to start and you have to plow a bit of money in so that you can get people in the door that. It yeah. isn't accessible to. I think it is yeah. also as well. Like we've been, kind of we've been fortunate. Kids don't like it, and then it's oh shit, that money's just kind of gone. Away. I remember, I remember I was like just started joining, and I must have been seven or eight years old when we joined, wasn't it, Loopy? And yeah, and I was maybe a few weeks in, and my folks bought me some kit, and they just said, "You better like this sport." you better stick at this because that wasn't cheap <laughs> i never really had that issue because i just got all the callum's old stuff and they, they were always too big because callum was like a foot or two taller than what i was at that age and it was like you're waiting i was like right okay i've got no choice i think it's funny it, as well yeah. like when you see kids come in like a lot of kids they look at a goalie and they go oh that looks awesome i want to do this i want to do that and their parents instantly find the price at a goalie kit and they go you're not going goals nah you could just play outfield. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a very niche and expensive sport. So I think if you get grassroots and plow some money in, but where that also that money comes from also is Yeah. The, we t- we touched on it as well trees. in the interview. Like it's not so not not at all in our league. Um, but when you go into elite league, these top arena teams, it is all about making money. That's all it is. They're not interested in, in kids coming up or junior development. No, they're just interested stuff. in how many folk come through yeah. that door. And how many bums they can put on seats and how many shirts they can sell. They don't give a fuck if they've got fucking Tom that, from Manchester playing. But you could yeah. say that that expands through any sport. Yeah. yeah. You like, should also take... You know, the break. only reason that the, you know your top flight football teams and all these sorts of things have the ability to do what they can do is because they're bringing in huge yeah, amounts of but revenue. they also have junior developments attached to their club. Yeah, whereas like, you, you look at Sheffield, Sheffield Steelers, they're not even attached to the Sheffield Steel Dogs. They're not even this part of the same club. See, I didn't realise that until I was... Obviously, I, uh, the people that are listening don't know I wasn't yeah. present for the, the interview, but I didn't actually realise they weren't a feeder team. Yeah. So, that like, it's like Glasgow clan doesn't use paisley they use solid and paisley doesn't well they don't they just team they <laughs> just started but then everything closed because yeah. they just announced that paisley was going to be doing that and then so there's there's another little thing hockey. we can kind of touch on it's kind of gotten disheartening brutal the likes of our kind of childhood one of our childhood rings looks like you've seen scottish hockey kind of shut down on the, oh, in a way of going to be closed it looks like motherfield's going to 
going no, to close, yeah. which is I'm not gonna lie. There's part of me that's quite happy because <laughs> fucking shit. But that, that's two. That's two of the. That's like two of the biggest teams in our league. Nowhere Go. to play. Well, yeah. yeah so clan yeah. as well. At Brayhead yeah. is a pos- possibly that that seems more on the fence than the Murrayfield side Murrayfield, of things. Yeah. If I'm honest, mm-hmm. but both like the Brayhead Arena in itself is an it's incredible nuts. arena. Yeah, and like is one of the oldest Scotland. in Scotland. Yeah, it's if not, it's the, got the oldest. Oh, my yeah. certainly looks it. Looks it's, like a fucking it's a, struggle, it's a struggle enough to get teams and clubs in this country to see two possible rinks closed down is two, compa- two competitive teams as well. Yeah. You've got mm, fucking yeah. racers who are top of the fucking food chain when it comes to our league and then Paisley are up there as well. Yeah. It's just a bit so, shit. But right, we'll, we'll move on. So this has been quite good. That This is one of, since our first episode, this is one of our first hockey 14 episodes so we can actually speak about hockey yeah. so this well just last night Connor McDavid hits 100 points in 53 yeah, fucking games that it's guy is incredible insane I seen there was this like uh, thing on Instagram or whatever of his last 10 games and I think there was only there was one like, game there was only one, one game, game one game he didn't have any points and I think the rest of them were like pretty much averaging three like points three, to average four average points a game I think it was it was like nuts. 20 it was 29 points he had in 10 games the yeah. guy's a cheat code eh it's like, unreal nah. he's just so yeah, like, quick and fucking amazing he, on his feet he's playing against the best best players in the world and, and he, he makes, makes them look shit so easy. It makes it look like kids at some point. Good, good it's, team. <laughs> it's some of the goals he scores as well from like ridiculous angles or just ways you would never think you could put the puck in it's the net fucking, and he just manages he? it. He's 23. No, he's older than that. I don't think he is. No, I don't think he is. I think he's 23 think he's fucking years older. old. Yeah, he's 23, 24. He's not above 25. He's incredible. Because he got well, drafted. Um, it was the Google Google Matron. Google Matron. What's he saying? 24. 24. 24. It's a 97 birthday. Unfucking <laughs> real. Next that explains the number then, doesn't it? What's his it's... net worth? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the boy's just unreal. He's so young. Yeah. He's, he's not playing with the best folk in the league either. He's and rich. He's still producing the best hockey in the fucking league. Do I take a guess at his net worth? Yeah. Not too much for my liking. 30 million. Ridiculous. Well, yeah, he's got he's got his wage and Adidas on board. Yeah, Adidas on same game. Leon Dreisaitl got his five hundredth point. So he this week I think became the f- highest scoring German as well, which the German games started to pick up. Mm-hmm. And we've seen goalie Ryan Miller retire. I think you saw the video, didn't you, Callum? Yeah. Just like, like standing only, inside of the rink after the game with his parents, like, and it's only like a two-second clip greeting. But and I don't know, I don't know what said, but it, I, it almost to me, it almost seemed like he didn't want to retire. At least from the video, it kind of looked like I'm almost forced to. He's retire. getting up there in age, shit. though, isn't he? Yeah, yeah he's he's in older stage goal. where you don't really think many many sportsmen do. Do you know what I mean? Like, especially in team sports, like there there is that aspect to, you know, you, you're losing out on, on a lot of the changing room stuff and all those kind of things which is what you hear like a lot of them struggle with afterwards is like they're showing up every day yeah what do you like, do with your life surrounded by like 30 other mates what's it like you've got to think of it almost like retiring like from your work mm-hmm. at <laughs> 34 say 
That doesn't, nice. that doesn't sound fucking bad. I mean, that sounds amazing. <laughs> Sign you me don't up. like what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, you're, no, you're, you're, you're leaving no. like your fucking close friends that you've left and everything when they're still going to work and everything and playing and you're just being fuck all. Yeah. You've but, just lost that routine, haven't you, really? Yeah, yeah it's it's kind of brutal. It was sad to see, but you had a great career. Yeah. So Yeah, absolutely. Silver, silver, what you, silver medal at the Olympics. That was when... Uh, and Coach Crosby scored against him. Remember that one, the gold medal game? Oh, yeah, oh, and yeah, yeah. Fucking... oh in the corner when he's just... Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the excitement, was that, a, that, was that an overtime goal, that one? Yeah. 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 Like last, yeah. like dying seconds yeah, of overtime few, as well. Few seconds it? left and Crosby just did his normal yeah. thing of fucking yeah. managing to score Crosby was ridiculous Crosby. angle with no fucking... Speaking about ridiculous <laughs> angles... Did any of you see the goal from that 15-year-old Canadian kid on the backhand sniping oh, a yeah. top bag? What a cunt. From, like, the hash marks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's, what's it, was that, Connor, is it Connor Bedard? Is that Something yeah, like that, yeah. He's supposed to be, like, the next, he's supposed to be, like, the next old. fucking Crosby. Throwing off, like, yeah. backhands at, like, 50, 60 mile an hour <laughs> top bag from fucking... Hash marks. Mark, fucking way. That's that was the that was the under eighteens under eighteens world championships in yeah. Canada. Canada was disgusting. They beat they were beating like Sweden like twelve one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean the, the the skill level of the kids that are coming up through the game now Nuts. is just unbelievable. Seems yeah. to be getting better. Frightening. Like it's frightening, frightening how good these kids are. Yeah. Insane. Absolutely insane. Right. I think we know what time it is now, boys. Salad dressing. Starting us off as usual, our virgin resident gamer for game of the week is Junior. Uh, you go for us. Do you go uh, for us? This week, I'm going to go with a brand new Resident Evil Village. Uh, I'm only a few hours into the game. I only loaded it up uh, this morning, but so far it's fantastic. You got into the wifey. You got into uh, it. Yes, I have got into big <laughs> goth lady. I have shit myself maybe about six times. Uh, well, <laughs> hold on. Before you go any further, sorry. I've seen already. There's like a porno already. Yeah, there's there's already like nude mods made for the PC version <laughs> of the game. I went on Amazon to uh, pre-order the game what, like two weeks ago, and I typed in just Resident Evil Village, and it came up with full like paintings of the fucking big booby goth lady fully nude. And I was like, that's not what I needed to see at work on a fucking Monday morning. <laughs> Right, crack on with it again. The game itself, yeah, it's uh, same mechanics as Resident Evil, uh, Biohazard, so first person, stuff like that. Uh, so far, I can't fault the game at all. The music, the gra- the graphics are amazing as well. It actually looks real, which makes it even more scary. So Jordan, is it scary? Fun. Yeah, I just couldn't, really I just scary. could not play a game like that. I'm playing it in the dark, headphones on, fucking full blast, loving it. Oh, no time. Nope. I'm going to I'm going to go on the PS app just to find out when you're playing it and come to your house. And just surround sound really good on the headphones. There's a bit like it, there's no surprise. There's a bit where you're walking through the forest at the beginning and there's stuff running around you and it's coming. Oh, and it, no. It's fuck. I love it. It's so good. Get the VR. Get the VR. See you later. Right. I'll move on. We've got the movie series of the week. We've got Keith, what you got for us? So this week, I've got Line of Duty, um, which I only just started watching a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I'd heard like everyone was talking about it in the staff room at work. And uh, they were all going on about it. And I'd never really heard of it uh, until everyone was chatting about it. And I started watching it 
was must have been a week and a half ago. I have two episodes. I'm thinking I'm on the last episode and a half left of it. Um, I I know who H is, so nobody can ruin it for me anymore than somebody it. already hold has. On, but I won't. Hold on, I won't spoil hold on, it. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Is there not six series in this fucking program? Yeah, and you're already old. on to the second last episode. Oh yeah, it's it's one hundred percent binge worthy. But it is listen to a fucking interview. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean this thing, it's a, it, like it's so good. Like each individual series is like incredible give, by itself. I'll give you this. From one to six and six point what's the last one? Seven? Yeah. Well six is the last one, yeah. No, 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 but like episode seven, I of think six. is the last one yeah. of six. Yeah. So up to 6.6 6 <laughs> yeah. is one of the best uh, programs that is out there to watch. Yeah. Ooh, that's it, a bold it's, statement. It's so good. And what's great about it is each individual series has its own Story sort of line. ending, but the storyline continues through all yeah. six seasons. Right, so it's okay. like you get an individual thing happening and an individual case being solved throughout each series. But what you'll find is little things will carry through, and it's like it's one of those ones where you can't sit on your phone and watch it because you'll miss something. Hey, you'll be like, oh, what that happened there? And anything. you're like rewinding it just to see like what the picture was or what something was. It's it's honestly it's brilliant. Um, if you've and not watched it, definitely get it's on a it. Program that I've never considered watching. I don't know why. I, I'm, I'm, yeah. Might well, even even when something, I heard people chatting about it, I didn't fancy it, and then I started watching it. I was hooked straight away. There's something somewhat about like british programs like this they they don't big them up the same way as they do in america do you get yeah. what i mean yeah. like, i don't know what it is but no one, never... no one says no one's out there going watch this watch yeah. this and then like it, it came out it starts to build up on 10 years like, ago i think it was yeah, wasn't it 10, was 10 years ago years season ago. one came out and i had never heard about it until about four weeks ago i thought it was a brand new program i was like oh everybody was watching this new yeah. season called line of duty but no, no it's, it's, it's brilliant get, get on it it's a great thing it's, it's funny. the same with bodyguard like, i never watched that either it's very good there's, also there's even there's even like interview scenes in it no like they're interviewing mm -hmm. and interrogating and even they're good and yeah. you're like how is this how is this good they're like the best bits so, sometimes you get, yeah. get so drawn in by it yeah and ted hastings what a character oh. Yeah, the main boy. Is that the main polis boy? I'll show you. <laughs> that is the main polis boy. That was a pretty good. Actor. No, 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 no. The main, the main guys, pretty much Martin. Well, it's the three of them. There's yeah. Martin Comston, which is he was in Wee Man, and he's been in a few other things. Yeah. And then there's Vicky McClure, who's Kate Fleming. Mm -hmm. She was in this. That's is a short hair, Dean. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's. Ted, so it's Adrian Dunbar, Ted Hastings. I don't oh, know he's like the, and there's loads of, captain. it's yeah. quite cool as well because you're watching through it and you see like loads of different people that have been in loads of different TV shows and stuff. Like the guy that plays Methadone Mick from Still Games in season four. Yeah. Uh, oh, is he? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. But see, I think I've possibly. I'll tell, I'll tell you which character he is when we're not recording because I don't want to give away anything. I think I've possibly watched this before either was on Still Game, possibly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's in season four. Quite a lot of it. Um, awesome. So yeah, yeah, no, that's my series of the week. Get awesome. on it. So we're on to myself for album of the week, and I'm going with DMA's The Glow. So DMA's, they're an Australian band, but when you look at them and hear them, you would think they're you British. Do, they don't produce the music that they... They, they, come, acro they come across as a really kind of British indie band, mm -hmm. I would say, when you listen to them. I'm mm -hmm. trying to think, who's the... Who's the band? I was thinking, not the week. I was like, wait, say the weekend. Fuck. Not the week. <laughs> Fuck. No, there's a band that 
have a song with him for the weekend? Was a band? No idea, but I can. Tell you that I'm pretty sure was that not Calvin good. Harris? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Fuck. No, it's ready for the weekend. Get fucked. No. So like, I'm talking like Cooks, but a bit more like not in your face, but like a bit oomph harder than. Harder I find a lot than of the music even, quite chill, though. Yeah, it's chilled, but it's a bit more serious. Yeah. Less like I really like them. Less fun, but they're like the songs are really really good, especially mm-hmm. in this album. The actual the title of the album, the glow, the song, the glow, is an incredible incredible song. But the whole album, actually, the band themselves, I came onto them quite late. In fairness, like they've been around for obviously a good few years, and then I came onto them quite late. But I've listened to this album from start to finish. Such a good album. To them, um, middle of the last year or something. Yeah, I like. That. Yeah, yeah, like really nice, really good, really good album. It's only a three piece band as well. So if you're it's... if you're into kind of noise indie British indie, you'll you'll really like them. So that is my Rugged. album of the week. Right. So we'll go on to Resident Fat Boy Slim. So, Loopy, so what have you got for us? Restaurant of the week. Back in the hot seat for the fat boy. <laughs> um, so this week I am. Um... seat under the fat boy. <laughs> I need a new seat. He's been, on, a, been <laughs> on enough cycles now. He's losing that fat boy. <laughs> looks like a prime cyclist. You know? <laughs> so this week Extreme I am light. going with the pig's wings um, on School Hill. Fantastic this week as well. Very fit. Yes, fantastic little place. Um, to start off with, their logo is it's a cool logo. Jeff's kiss. Jeff's kiss. (laughs) (laughs) It it is dynamite. Um, food though is epic. Just banging in taste. Like honestly, probably one of the best. Um, like sub sandwich things I've ever had with. What was that I had? What was that? It was like an American... Was it not a Philly cheesesteak? Like a had? Philly cheesesteak one, but the meat that was in it was ace. Steak. So good. So good. Cooked to perfection. Um, and the guys in the shop are awesome as well. Like phoned up for an order one time. And I actually take a time to get to like know you over the phone, which I thought was quite cool. They like, seem oh, like that on social media yeah, as well. They've been here before. Have you had a lot of food from us? Like kind of, they just generally sound sounds so healing. more or less what you're saying is you phoned up and went oh this is a fat prick sort of food from us before i can you i actually only got one restaurant in aberdeen that doesn't exist anymore that knows me by first name oh that was and the, the usual kebab shop it was a kebab shop <laughs> just for anyone listening that's never seen a photo of me i am not fat <laughs> <laughs> In fairness, we said we said yesterday, me and you and looked at you while you walked to the toilet, and I was like, that, that guy is fit for being a cyclist. Just straight. Like, just straight. There's no the curve, there's no anything. He's just the skinniest person down. in the podcast. And just it's just streamlined fucking aerodynamics. But I can't ride a bike. Yeah. <laughs> and and I think we need to kind of big them up as well, Callum. Yeah, we do. We need to big them up. We So um, sponsorship-wise, we reached out to these guys at the Pig's Wings and they've kindly came on board to donate some money to us personally for, for helping us get around our trip, which was a massive thank you to the guys there. Yeah, massive. Another can't, chef's kiss. Can't thank you enough. Yeah, another chef's kiss. Double chef's kiss. 
thank you <laughs> but no, it was awesome with them. that was really uh, awesome for them to just come on board and kind of just help us out I really appreciate yeah. that from a local company yeah. So, yeah. awesome awesome right guys I think that rounds us up for today it's been a fun one Mm-hmm. So we'll catch you all for episode 15 when we'll be sitting down with Dave Griffiths. Did I say that right? I got that right. Uh, you, you got, got it right. right. That was Tell good. That was good. <laughs> right, we'll love you and leave you. Catch, catch you later. Later. Bye. Bye.